0: Uh, Hey everyone, let me add my welcome to Mark's. Um, I'm Chris, I'm a ministry intern here at WBC, and uh, if you don't know much about me, um, I have around four hobbies, I think now, maybe five. Uh, So uh, I love surfing, uh, mountain biking, playing guitar, and doing pyrography, and so if you don't know much about pyrography, feel free to come and ask me later. Uh, Cool. So before we jump into um, tonight, I'll just pray for us before we begin. Uh, Father, thank you so much that we can uh, come together to look at your word. Uh, Father, I just pray that you help us to open our, um, yeah, our ears and our hearts, Lord, to your word, Father. Help us uh, just to grow from tonight, Father. And um, Lord, I just pray that you help us to pay attention um, uh, for all of tonight, Lord. And um, yeah, just walk away, Father, um, having grown in our faith. In your son's name. Amen. Um, Cool. So tonight we come to the end of our series in Colossians, and uh, it's been so much to look at Paul's letter of encouragement to the church at Colossae. So after over the last seven weeks, we've been looking um, through this letter, and so some of the things that we've covered throughout this letter uh, is the fact that um, uh, Paul delights in the firm faith that the Colossians have in Jesus, and that. Paul here identifies the supremacy of Christ over the universe and the fact that the fullness of God dwells in him. Uh, He also brings up the fact that we have spiritual uh, fullness as we trust in Jesus as our Saviour, as our sins have been nailed to the cross. And this frees us from a legalistic religion. And so in response to this, we need to uh, put to death our earthly uh, ways, our sinful nature, and clothe ourselves in uh, love, a love that we see from um, the grace of God through Christ dying on the cross for us. And this love should permeate throughout our lives. And in, um, at the beginning of this letter, we read that the gospel is bearing fruit and it is growing throughout the world. <clears throat> and as we come to the end of this letter... Uh, We look at three instructions that Paul gives us so that the gospel continues to go forward. And so, my big question for us tonight uh, is how can we be outwardly focused as Christians? And so, I'll jump straight into uh, the first instruction that we get from this passage. Um, So, that is to pray for the gospel to be shared. So, we need to pray for the gospel to be shared. Now, a few years ago, at the, the beginning of the year, I was eager uh, to see someone put their trust in Jesus. And so um, I prayed and prayed and prayed um, every week for months and months and months um, that God would put someone in my life who was keen to investigate the Bible and Jesus. And so it wasn't until about halfway through the year um, that I was went to an event and I was sitting at the table Um, And another guy joined me, and he was asking question after question um, about God's word. And so, um, thankfully, I was able to answer a lot of his questions with the Bible. And so, um, the evening event ended. We parted ways. I was walking uh, to my car, and I got to my car, and um, I realized, like, I'd just been praying month after month, since the beginning of the year, that God would put someone in my life who was keen to investigate the Bible. And so I ran back as, as quickly as I could to the venue, and luckily he was still there. He hadn't left yet. And so I asked him, um, <laughs> we've, we've already covered ground, in, in, a bit of ground in God's word. Would you like to catch up and, and read more Bible and investigate further? And um, <coughs> hesitantly, I also said that you can ask any question that you'd like as well, and I'll do my best to answer it. And so the next day, we, we ended up meeting up, and we ended up, um, yeah, he ended up continuing his journey uh, investigating um, God's Word. <clears throat> and I was, I was stoked at this. And so from this prayer, it's an incredibly important part of our relationship with God. We are uh, showing our reliance on God through praying And Paul, throughout his letters, he instructs us, um, instructs Christians in praying. And he he ties off this letter to the Colossians. um, As he throws in, he ties off this letter to the Colossians. um, He throws in some sneaky instructions on praying, and particularly for sharing the gospel. So in verses 2 to 4 of Colossians chapter 4, he says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us, 2. That God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. And so Paul begins with how um, they are to approach the action of praying, to devote themselves to it. And devote is a word that holds a bit of weight to it. It means um, to be steadfast in praying and to give significant amount of your time to it, to talking to God. And so when it comes to relying on God who is uh, sovereign, we should give much of our time to deep and meaningful prayer. And so he then asked them uh, to pray that doors in his life will be opened to proclaim the mystery of Christ. And so this mystery, um, it's a theme that popped up early in Colossians and it's one that also spreads itself throughout the Bible. Um, And if you weren't here from um, earlier in this series in Colossians, We can turn to Colossians chapter 1, which elaborates on this mystery of Christ for us. So in verses 26 to 28 of Colossians chapter 1, it says, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And so this mystery of Christ, it's its the gospel. Um, it's because humanity uh, rejects God and rejects um, the way God wants us to live, God uh, graciously has sent his son to earth to die on the cross for our sin. And so proclaiming uh, this mystery is actually what got Paul in prison. And the reason why it got Paul in prison was because the Jews did not accept the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. They did not accept the fact that God was um, allowing the rest of the world to come into his kingdom. And so uh, despite being imprisoned for this, Paul still desires opportunities to continue sharing the gospel, to continue what got him in prison. And so it's unusual, isn't it, to ask for prayer to continue doing the very thing that got, um, that got him in prison that has a consequence. And so, um, for example, uh, my diet, it's a, a little bit weird. Um, and so usually for dinner, I eat half a head of broccoli um, and so the reason why I do that is because it has benefits. So it's, it's jam-packed with um, vitamins and, and minerals and it's, it's good on my gut and that's why I eat it. But it has a, a consequence to it. Um, <laughs> it tastes basically like water. Um, yeah, so I blanch it and, and that's about it. And so um, it's, it's a mundane. but So it's sometimes hard to eat but I, I love the benefits of it. And it it fits with what I eat during the rest of the day. And so it's worth eating it, at least in my eyes. Um, And it does come at a cost. And so Paul's imprisonment was was worth it because he was sharing the best news that anyone will ever hear in their entire lifetime. The news that saves souls and gospel. And so it makes complete sense to continue sharing it. And it makes complete sense to ask God for help Sharing this news. And in Paul's case, this is to the people in his prison context. And so we ourselves, we need to be praying for doors to be opened in our lives <clears throat> so that the gospel, for the gospel to be shared. And so I have a, a few concrete applications for this point. And so um, one way we can uh, put this uh, into action is we can be praying for missionaries, overseas missionaries. And so Um, There are many Christians who uh, risk their lives overseas and uh, risk persecution overseas to to share the gospel. And WBC supports um, a number of Christians. And so out in the foyer, you can have a look at uh, a few of the Christians out there who are overseas missionaries. You can write down their prayer points. And um, yeah, take that home and start praying for them. Another way we can put this into um, practice is we can be praying for local Christians, uh, family and friends who, uh, yeah, who are Christian, and we can be praying that opportunities come up in their lives to share the gospel with the people around them. And thirdly, we can also pray for ourselves, pray that doors will be opened in our own lives and pray that people in our lives will come to understand uh, the gospel. And so... Um, I've got an example of this from the movie uh, The Case for Christ. Um, I love this movie. Um, if, you, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. And so what the movie is about is basically a family who, who isn't Christian and the wife, she ends up becoming a Christian. And the husband, he's a, a reporter who's an atheist. And so he sets out to uh, dismantle the evidence for the atoning death and resurrection of Jesus. And so throughout kind of this journey um, he has, uh, his wife prays for him continually. And one of the things she, she prays, uh, she prays from a passage in um, a verse in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. And so she prays that he will receive a new heart and a new new spirit, and that his heart of stone will be removed and replaced with a heart of flesh. Throughout um, And so we need to be praying like this for our friends and family who don't know Jesus. We need to be praying consistently and out of compassion for their salvation. And so if we don't have friends or family, um, if we have friends or family that don't follow Jesus, my question for us is, are we actually praying for them? If not, do we genuinely care uh, about their salvation? If we've put it in the box labelled, I've I've prayed and prayed and prayed and and nothing's happened, so I'm going to stop praying, are we really relying on God's sovereignty to warm up people's hearts to the gospel? So pray for missionaries, pray for local Christians, and and pray for yourself to share the gospel. Uh, Following on from this, Paul continues with a, a second instruction for us to grow the gospel throughout the world. And so this instruction is that we should be uh, actively talking about Jesus. So we need to actively talk about Jesus. So in verses 5 and 6, um, he says, Be wise in the way you act toward, towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer everyone. And so sometimes we have an exciting opportunity come up. And so a number of years ago, um, I was um, at my home. I was, I was about to study for uh, my math subject at university. And so a group of friends of mine, uh, they, at the last minute, suddenly decided to go on a trip, organise a trip up to see the glow worms up at Helensburg, I think it is. And so it was around 9 p.m. Um, when they organised this. And so I had to study. I really had to study, but also really wanted to, um, yeah, enjoy the company of my friends and go up and see the glowworms. And so um, this was a big mental battle and a, a big decision to make. The opportunity was there. And so I decided to stay home and, and just continue studying. But I struggled to study so much because I was, I was just, you know, thinking about how much fun they're having, um, looking at the, the glowworm silk, which emits photons somehow. Um, and so... I didn't get to see the glowworm tunnels, and I still haven't yet, so I ended up missing the opportunity. So talking to someone about the gospel is a little bit like that. We need to, we need to keep an eye out for opportunities and go for them wisely, full of grace and without hesitation. It's worth getting uncomfortable. And we may need to give up time or money Um, to to hang out with our friends, to allow more opportunities to talk about God, as an example. So Paul, he instructs the Colossians to use every chance that they get to have a gospel conversation. When those opportunities arrive, um, for us it can be pretty daunting to consider bringing up God just because we don't know how they'll react. However, it is the most important thing to talk about. Which means we should step out of our comfort zone and rely on God to work through us. And have a go. It's worth getting uncomfortable. But what about if you don't have anyone to share the gospel with? Some of us have lifestyles where we um, don't actually have people around us who don't know Jesus. And so this can be tricky for us. And it can leave some of us feeling guilty when the word evangelism is mentioned. My question for us um, is, are we seeking out opportunities to put ourselves in a scenario um, where we know someone who doesn't know Jesus? Have we, for example, knocked on our neighbor's door and invited him around for dinner or tea or coffee? Have we joined a sports team, a book club, a, um, a mother's group or a hiking group? Have we asked a a classmate to hang out with us after a lecture for lunch? If we don't have an opportunity come up, we should create one so that people can be saved, so that we can be disciple-making disciples as Christ calls us to be. And so along with taking on opportunities, uh, Paul tells us that we should be wise in our actions towards everyone who isn't a Christian. To talk with abundant grace, seasoned with salt, but what does this actually look like? Well, to approach someone uh, in this manner can encompass a whole range of virtues. And, and we can see some of these virtue, virtues on display by jumping back to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Um, so Colossians 3, 12 to 14 says, Therefore, as God-chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so, in this context, these are attributes of godliness which we need to um, put on and grow in as Christians. And they can also relate to how we interact with other people um, wisely and with grace. And so we can understand what it looks like to approach people full of grace by correlating these virtues with God's display of his grace towards us. Through Jesus, God has shown his uh, compassion, kindness and gentleness as he heals the sick and mingles with sinners. His humility as he comes to earth to empathise and sympathise with us and serve us, and his patience, forgiveness, and love for us as he dies on the cross for our sin. Our conversations should also be seasoned with salt. And this is a funny phrase, uh, to have a conversation seasoned with salt. Um, Salt mixed with water ends up corroding metal, but he's not talking about corrosive conversations because he just mentioned the word grace. Um, He's talking about salt that's put on our food. So that when, um, when you eat the food, this, it bursts on your taste buds, um, amplifying the flavour. It makes the meal or conversation appetising, flavoursome. If we show these virtues that God has shown us to someone else, then we should be able to direct a conversation to being a, a productive discussion about the gospel. For example, if you are to be patient and listening to someone share their beliefs, then we will understand them even more to be able to speak the gospel into their lives and uh, speak about God's character. If we are compassionate, then we can show empathy to them when they share their experiences and their uh, negative experiences even with, um, you know, Christian and, and religion and all that. Um, at one of my workplaces, um, on what's traditionally called a smoker or our... Work break. Um, I was sitting there with one other uh, bloke, and so uh, to break the ice, ask your, your typical question, oh, what, what did you get up to on the weekend? And so he said, uh, <laughs> Nothing much. I um, played some footy, hung out with some mates, and that's about it. And as usual, uh, the questions you ask are reciprocated. So he asked me back, oh, what, did, what did you get um, up to on the weekend? And so I said to him, Oh, nothing much. I went for a surf, um, just hung out with some friends, and I went to church. And as soon as I mentioned the word church, uh, time stood still and not in a romantic way. <laughs> it got awkward. And the biggest, uh, pinkest elephant just strolled straight into the room and... Um, yeah, it's, it got so awkward. And so, to clear the air, I had to um, continue, I had to push the conversation forward. So, I asked him, oh, Have you ever been to church before? And so he said, Yes, I have. A few years ago, that's, and I decided to not attend anymore. And so, we continued to discuss that. Um, and so, as we talked, I, I had my lunch, I had my, my curry, I was eating my curry. And as I was eating my curry with every um, mouthful, butterflies entered my mouth and down my esophagus and into my stomach um, and just made me more and more nervous because I had absolutely no clue whether someone would walk in on us and hear us talking about Jesus. Like that would be so awkward. Um, Or I had no clue where the conversation was going to go. Maybe I'd mentioned something which would be a soft spot in his life and maybe the whole thing would end up blowing up however the conversation it was uh, productive it was salty i was able to remind him of the best news that he will ever hear in his entire lifetime and not every conversation is like that but it's worth getting uncomfortable if you care about people being saved. so actively talk about jesus actively talk about jesus In the last section of this passage, from verses 7 uh, to 18, Paul closes off his final greetings um, to the Colossians. And so as interesting as it would be to elaborate on the the 10 or so Christians that he he lists here and their their backgrounds and references to them, um, I'm going to miss that and I'm going to bring your attention to verses 7 to 9 and, and 12 to 13, where my third point is drawn from. So my third point is that we need to encourage all Christians. We need to encourage all Christians. And so I'm sure there's a lot of you who remember the um, indestructible Nokia 3310 um, mobile phone. Uh, It wasn't a smartphone, it was a phone. It had a whopping uh, 65 pixels per inch, no cameras, not even one camera, and... Um, no touchscreen, but it did have the best uh, mobile game that you will ever play, (laughs) Snake. Um, So Snake was a game where you were in control of a couple of pixels which (laughs) resembled a snake. And so this snake, it um, automatically moved forward across the screen and you were able to uh, control its directions up, down, left and right. And so you were to control it to um, eat other pixels which looked like... Food, I think. Anyway, (laughs) so um, like this snake, as you you fed it these um, um, pixels or food, uh, it grew and grew and grew and it moved faster and faster and faster and got longer and longer and longer. And so just like helping the snake uh, grow in the game, uh, we need to help each other grow. So that we are being built up and spurred on to continue in this messy, broken, sinful world. So that we can uh, bring others out of darkness and into the light of salvation, into God's eternal kingdom. And so we can see Paul help others grow as he finishes off uh, his final greetings to the Colossians. In verses 7 to 9, he says, "Um, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother. A faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances, that he may encourage your hearts. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Paul sends letters and people with people uh, to encourage so many Christians in all different regions. Um, and always on good things that are happening with the gospel to encourage them in their faith. And so I've got a, a few people to show you why he does that. Uh, if you remember, Jasmine, who is a missionary overseas, a few weeks ago, um, she was up the front here and she was in, uh, encouraging us with the um, amazing news of what was happening overseas where she was working, doing gospel work, about um, all the project video. Groups that have been um, happening and how the gospel is being shared through that. That was incredibly encouraging. And so from the passage, we can also look at Onesimus and be encouraged by him. He gave his life to Christ because someone actively talked to him about Jesus. And so we can read this in the letter of Philemon in the Bible. And we should be encouraged by people uh, who put their trust in Jesus and welcome them no matter what their background is. That's grace, to put aside the past and accept. Just as our sins have been forgiven and we've been accepted into God's eternal kingdom if we trust in Jesus. We can also look at uh, Epaphras as an example. So in verses 12 and 13, um, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. A vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. So this is where we see a Christian putting into practice what Paul instructs. Um, we read that in is he's praying hard for the Colossians. And so we can go back to chapter 1 and read about who Epaphras is. And so Epaphras was the one who actively uh, talked to the Colossians about Jesus. That's how the Colossians became uh, Christians. And so um, we are told that he continues to pray for them and stand firm in the will of God um, (laughs) to mature and be fully assured of their salvation. And so we should be encouraging the Christians around us Um, by actively talking about Jesus. Feeding fellow Christians like the snake in the game to to help them grow. And instead of feeding them uh, pixels, we can feed them uh, the gospel to help them stand firm in their foundation by reminding them that they have full assurance through Jesus. If we see people um, who are mature spiritually, we should um, tell them how great it is to see that so that they can receive encouragement as well. And one thing we can do is, is prioritize home group and church. You can encourage each other so much by going along to home group and church and sharing life with one another and sharing, with, um, sharing all the things that have been happening in your life and, and pray for one another there. Now, going back to the, the story um, I shared in the beginning uh, where I was, I was praying for my friend, um, to someone to come into my life who was keen to investigate Jesus. And we ended up meeting up uh, the next day, and so we got stuck into uh, the Gospel of Luke. We started reading uh, about the paralyzed man. And so for the next one and a half years, we continued to meet up and read God's Word. And so we've covered a lot more than uh, just... That one passage in the Gospel of Luke, we covered a whole number of books. And after about one and a half years, I ended up asking him, would you like to put your trust in Jesus as your King and your Saviour? And he said to me, yes. And so he prayed a prayer of repentance to turn his life around and follow Jesus and trust in his atoning death on the cross. And the second part of my prayer was answered. I witnessed a soul saved, a man brought out from the darkness into the light of salvation. How wonderful was that? Um, and this was the best part of my university degree. And so <laughs> another one and a half years later, uh, which brings us to the present, we still meet up and read the Bible together. And as we we meet up, we receive mutual encouragement to stand firm in our faith and grow in our maturity in Christ. And so if you're not a Christian here tonight, can I encourage you to investigate Jesus? Death is real. Eternity is serious. And Jesus paid for all of your sin on the cross. 100% of it, if you trust in him. And so ask Christian friend questions. Uh, Investigate the Bible. Pick it up. Have a read of it. See what it says. If you're a Christian here tonight, please give more time to praying for the gospel to be shared. Devote yourselves to it. Don't just um, throw up quick prayers out of the blue. Sit down for 10 minutes and, and pray, and pray deeply. Um, actively talk about Jesus. It's worth getting uncomfortable. And create opportunities to do so. Pray in it. And make sure you welcome and strengthen and encourage believers of all backgrounds and, and again, prioritise home group and church. Paul instructions, instructs this to the whole church at Colossae. And all of us have the responsibility to put these into practice and so let's all put it into practice.